Well, we've had an interesting trifecta of sorts during the past week or so, a change of government, change of opposition leader and a change in the leadership of the Nationals. Anthony Albanese certainly hit the ground running after Labor's federal election win with his first week in the job as Prime Minister, including a dash to Tokyo to meet his fellow quad leaders before flying home to put the final touches to his cabinet. Meanwhile, the Liberal Party has elected Peter Dutton as its new leader and the Nationals have replaced Barnaby Joyce with David Littleproud. Here to share his view on Labor's path to election victory and what we can expect next is Simon Banks, Managing Director of Government Relations Agency Hawker Britain. Simon is a former Labor advisor and one of Australia's most experienced and highly regarded government relations, campaigning and strategic communications professionals. Hello, Simon, and thanks for joining me for a new episode of Cannings on the Couch. Pleasure. Communicating effectively with voters, that's something that's essential for all parties during election campaigns, but this campaign was long. So where do you think the major parties went wrong in their communication strategies and where do you think they got it right? Very good question. I mean, where I think, by and large, Labor got it right is it understood, I guess, a couple of key forces that are going on inside um, middle Australia, particularly those people living in the middle suburbs of Australia's major metropolitan cities. The traditional contest between, I guess, the Coalition and Labor is usually one fought around uh, economic versus social policy. But because of the cost of living crisis that really became evident in the lead up to the budget and certainly compounded during the election campaign due to the outbreak of inflation and the first uh, rise in interest rates, the economic debate shifted onto territory that was a lot stronger for the Labor Party. I think traditionally, if you ask most Australian voters, who do they think is the better economic manager, as much as I don't like this as a Labor person, they'll usually say the coalition is better at doing that. But the the moment you start asking people who's better to manage the economy for uh, working Australians or working families, then the Labor Party rapidly evens up that contest. And that's exactly the contest that we ended up in this election campaign. And so those gaffes that we saw Mr Albanese make along the way, in the end, didn't really impact voters decision on election day very much look, at all I think then. They, look, uh, I, I think, you know, obviously any mistake like that, you know, does sort of shake a campaign and makes you, makes you wonder because people always bring it home to competence. But, but I think people assess competence in a mul- always before they, they, they assess it in a far more fundamental way. They assess it in terms of what is this going to mean for me? So if someone's not the most eloquent person in the world, if they're not the most um, slick in terms of their presentation, they're actually far more forgiving about that. What they're really focused on is what is this going to mean for me in my job, um, in my business, uh, around my kitchen table? It's those issues of competence that I think people focus on rather than sort of the peripheral um, issues. And ultimately, there was enough there because of those very real concerns that people had, particularly around cost of living, um, that Labor was able to, to uh, I think, focus voters' minds on those issues. Now, you've been around Labor leadership circles for many years now. What kind of leadership style are you expecting from Mr Albanese? And how do you think he'll differ from previous Labor leaders? Yeah, look, I think um, in, in many ways, uh, Albo is a far more collegiate leader. In some ways, he's probably, for those those of your listeners who are old enough to remember it, a bit more like a sort of a, a Bob Hawke, but clearly not as 
charismatic. But in terms of the desire to bring a range of voices around the table um, to have a respectful debate about issues, to reach outside um, normal constituencies, so I think he'll be uh, you know, just as interested in hearing from business, the trade union movement and the community sector around the important policy debates. I think he's going to try and bring people together in that sense, and that will change the tone of the conversation. Um, but the inevitable reality, of course, is that that kind of process of government is a little bit slower too and maybe slightly less ambitious in terms of what it tries to achieve. But, but I think if you can build greater confidence between people, you can actually potentially open up new opportunities for, for outcomes that might not have seemed possible. Just following on from that, um, Mr Albanese's talked about wanting to change the way politics operates and you've suggested that he wants to be more, there'll be more collaboration. Um, and he's talked also about being more inclusive. How tough a challenge do you think that will be given sort of the past um, few years we've had in politics, which has been quite divisive? And I suppose particularly now when we there's going to be about 16 or so independents on the crossbenches in the lower house. I think you know, the very reason why they won their seats is because there is a a section of the Australian community obviously located largely in their seats, which feel that that those more moderate, um, nonetheless liberal voices have really been missing from the public square. So I think think that's a really classic case of that there's a group of voters out there who just feel that they've not been respected and listened to. Um, And I think whilst Labor and those Teal uh, new MPs will have some quite obvious differences in some policy areas. I think they're going to have a lot more in, in common. And I certainly think large sections of the business community, which shares a lot of those views, are going to find an Albanese Labor government as one which, again, they won't always agree. Uh, there'll be times when they politely disagree. But I actually think they'll find that there are some renewed opportunities for, for shared outcomes. Let's talk about Mr Albanese's um, main political opponent. That will be Liberal leader Peter Dutton. Now, Mm. he's a right-wing conservative, as everyone knows, and he's forged a pretty hard-line public image during his time as Minister for Immigration, Defence and Home Affairs. Is it necessary for Mr Dutton to try and change the public's perception of him? And how hard is that for any political leader to do? Yeah. Look, I think most Australians will give any new political leader um, a fair go. I think the problem, and I look, I've, I've literally just had the advantage of obviously seeing his first press conference as leader of the opposition, is that the Peter Dutton we just saw is the Peter Dutton that most Australians already know. He was very negative right from the outset. He was very black and white. He didn't show a lot of the signs of having listened to the verdict of the Australian people. Um, and quite interesting, I think, from a business community point of view, he made it very clear that he wasn't really interested in building a relationship with big business. He was only interested in working with smaller businesses and businesses out in the outer suburbs and regions of Australia. Now, um, if that's the way he intends to um, operate as leader of the opposition, well, that's his choice. I think, you know, Australians will form their own view about it. But it's hardly the kinder, softer, gentler uh, Peter Dutton that we've been promised over the last few days. Finally, Simon, it's 
usually the case that newly elected political leaders enjoy a honeymoon period with voters and the media. And it was interesting to read Phil Khoury's piece in the Australian Financial Review at the weekend. And he noted that any new government is like a new car in that it tends to devalue as soon as it leaves the showroom. So how long do you expect Mr Albanese's honeymoon to last, particularly given the economic position the new Labor government finds itself dealing with? Look, I think most Australians will understand that um, this is going to be a really complex six to 12 months, uh, at least, for the economy. I think Australians are not um, unreasonable about those sort of expectations, but I think they will expect the government to get on and do what it's promised to do. I also think that if you know, the other side of politics think that um, Australians you know, don't understand that the cost of living pressures are, are here and now, I think if they don't understand that, for example, we've just seen that there are going to be rises in electricity prices because of decisions that were effectively made under the previous government's watch but weren't announced until the last few days, um, I, I think they'll miss a mood because I think that uh, Australians will be looking for some constructive solutions to those problems, not just negative criticism of them. But I think if you actually sit down and are honest with the Australian people about the challenges that the country faces, if you explain to them what you can and cannot do, I think there will be some sympathy and understanding about that. But the key for Labor is to be a competent government, to settle in uh, in a serious and thoughtful way, to genuinely engage with Australians, not just engage with blame games about why we are where we are. I think Australians are far more interested in the solutions rather than just what the problems are. Well, that's all we have time for on the Canning's Couch today. Thank you so much, Simon, for your time and sharing your insights. Pleasure. That was Simon Banks, Managing Director of Government Relations Agency, Hawker Britain.